Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mullis and Peak podcast. Today's episode will be on commercial property with Head of Property at Mullis and Peak and member Joanne Wood and member Andrew Fidler, specialist in commercial property. Commercial property can represent one of the biggest investments you or your company can make. Whether you are considering granting or taking a lease of business premises, selling or buying, or are considering buying or selling land for development, you might learn some top tips here. Welcome both. So Joe, what is commercial property? Commercial property is essentially anything that's not residential. So it could be a commercial unit on an industrial estate, um, a shop on a high street, an office, a restaurant, anything like that. And you also get mixed use premises from time to time where you have um, commercial premises on the ground floor with flats above. So anything essentially not residential. Thank you, Joe. So Andrew, what does type of property mean? Well, I guess by that you mean what type of, do you mean whether it's freehold or leasehold? Freehold is probably the better form for you because you actually own and control the building um, and you own it in per- for however long you do, it is in perpetuity. Leasehold tends to be for a term, well has to be for a term of years certain. Um, there's a general trend towards shorter leases and your right to occupy really depends on the length of the lease, although if it's a lease that's within the Land Tent Act 1954 you do have the right to what we call hold over, which is um, essentially to remain in occupation until such time as a new lease is agreed or you vacate. Thank you Andrew. So Joe, what to remember when looking to rent a commercial property? I think what you need to um, be aware of is right at the outset, um, get the heads of terms agreed. Um, Generally heads of terms, which are the agreed terms for the lease, are negotiated via an agent, but not necessarily. Um, And you've got to consider things like how long the lease will be, Um, Generally commercial leases are 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, You need to consider the rent that you're paying and whether you are paying VAT on the rent. Um, Will the rent be reviewed throughout the lease term and if so, how often? Um, You may want to consider a break provision in the lease so that you can get out of the lease if need be. Um, especially if you're taking a new lease for a new business, um, things don't always go to plan, so you potentially need to, the ability to get out. Um, following on from Andrew's comment about the Landlord and Tenant Act 1954, um, that is a consideration, and as a tenant, you probably want the lease to have the protection of the security of tenure provisions of that Act. Um, it's slightly different if you're the landlord. Um, You need to consider what you're using the property for um, and do you have the permitted use. Um, So for example if you're looking to take on a hair salon you need to be able to make sure that you can use it for a hair salon. Yeah that's not only the planning, it's also you might need the landlord's consent to that as well. Uh, If it's been used for for different use previously you might need a consent to change of use. you need to consider that. You also probably need to have a look at the repairing obligations. Um, some leases are what we call fully repairing, which essentially means you're like the freehold owner, you are responsible for all of the repairs 
Um, others, you might be responsible for the internal only, particularly if it's in a multi-occupation building, uh, and you want to look there at whether there's a service charge, and if so, how much that is. Um, yeah, and on that fully repairing provision, you've got to be aware that unless you limit your liability, as a tenant, when you vacate the premises, you have to leave the property in a good state of repair and condition, regardless of what it's like when you go in. Um, and that can potentially be quite expensive, so that's a real consideration. Um, you've also got to look at the alienation provisions. Can you transfer the property on to somebody else if you need to yeah. throughout the term? Can you sublet? Can you mortgage? Can you sublet, assign or sublet part? Yeah. as well. Um, most commercial leases tend to prohibit any dealings with part only because the landlord doesn't want people in there that he doesn't really know much about, although in real terms it, 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 him, it doesn't really make any difference because the main tenant is still primarily liable Yes. he breaches by their sub-tenant. Thank you very much. Andrew, could you tell the listeners if there is any other main costs involved or buying or leasing commercial property? Uh, the, ma the main one tends to be the horrible stamp duty land tax, which is payable on the transaction. Um, it's not payable every time, it, it's no, dependent it's upon the rent and the term. And yes, it is. Um, you, you need to check fairly early on, in fact, probably when you, you negotiate ahead of terms, what the rent is or what the consideration is. Um, you also need to be aware that VAT might be payable. I know we'll come on to that later, but VAT is a consideration. Uh, if you're VAT registered, it's not so much because you can um, offset that. Offset that. But um, land registry fee is also payable if it's a lease for seven years or more, or you're buying a freehold. Or, in fact, if you buy taking the lease apart, you might want to register the easements over the rest of the building against the landlord's freehold title. So those who need to be taken into account. There possibly, you might find yourself paying some agent's fees, uh, apportionments of rent and service charge, and there will also be legal fees as well. Thank you, Andrew. So, Joe, what, short, what sort of investment should I go for, leasehold or freehold? Um... This is entirely up to um, the client and also will probably be dependent upon what is available in the market. Um, as Andrew said earlier, freehold is um, great because you own the land, you own the building um, and you own it for as long as you want to. You own it until you sell it. Um, with leasehold property, you only have an interest in the land and that interest is the lease and is for you know, a term of years, so, and it diminishes in time, and the value diminishes in time. Um, so it, it depends on what you're looking for, I guess. Uh, freehold is probably the better. Um, okay. Yeah. Andrew, is VAT charged on property rental payments? Not always. Um, it depends on whether the landlord has what we call made an election for VAT. Um, and also whether the landlord themselves are VAT registered, because uh, it's, it is a criminal offence to charge VAT when you aren't VAT registered. So it, that is probably one of the things you would want to check at the outset again, 
as to whether the Land Board has made a VAT election and as to whether they are intend to charge VAT on the rent. Excellent. Joe, could you explain to the listeners what a service charge is? Yes, yeah, service charge is payable um, generally only for leasehold properties and it's generally where um, the leasehold property is either within a building with other uh, letable units or is on an estate where there are shared services and it's the cost um, for maintenance and repair of those shared services, be it access ways, corridors, um, communal areas, that kind of thing. Um, so on a commercial estate, for example, if you have a private access, um, it's the cost of repair for that, for lighting it, for security. Um, in a building, it might be the cost of lift repairs, corridors, lighting, heating, um, and dealing with you know, statutory requirements such as, you know, managing asbestos, undertaking fire risk assessments in buildings, um, that kind of thing. Thank you very much. Andrew, can foreigners buy a commercial property in the UK? They can, but if they're a corporate entity, they've got to register themselves as uh, an overseas entity with Companies House, and there will be a restriction entered on the register of the title to say that they're an overseas entity and that you do need to make sure that that's complied with. Um, there can be penalties for being a foreigner. Um, they will pay an additional amount of SDLT because they are foreign registered. Um, and also they, there could be difficulties for them if they're VAT because they're not going to be, unless they've got it, reach an arrangement, they're not going to be able to reclaim the VAT back. Okay, thanks for explaining that Andrew. Joe, could you explain how much deposit do you need for a commercial property? Yes, generally a deposit is only payable um, when you're acquiring the freehold interest in commercial property. You generally don't pay a deposit for a lease. Um, and it's much the same with residential property. Um, generally, a 10% deposit will be payable on exchange of contracts for a commercial property with the balance payable on completion. Although you should know that with leasehold properties, there is another form of deposit, which is a rent deposit. Yeah. It's not strictly the same thing as when you're buying it, but the landlord as an additional form of security might want a sum of money to be deposited it's generally three or six months. Okay. To, to, guard, to, to secure the tenant's obligation. So that if the tenant, for example, doesn't, re, doesn't repair or doesn't pay the rent, the landlord's got a pot of money he can call on to make good the shortfall. And that's held throughout the lease term. So you pay your rent deposit at the outset of the lease. Um, and whether it's 5, 10, 15, generally it's returned at the end of the lease. Sometimes some or all of it can be returned early, but generally it's held throughout the term of the lease. Excellent, thank you very much. Andrew, last question for you then. What is stamp duty land tax and do you need to pay SDLT on commercial property? Oh, stamp duty land tax, a lovely subject. Um, it, yes, I mean, you, you may well find that you end up paying stamp duty land tax whether you're renting or buying. The other thing, the thing to watch out for if you're buying, particularly if VAT payable, is that the stamp duty is payable on the gross price inclusive of VAT. So that breaches one of the old principles which there used to be, which that 
you couldn't have a tax on a tax. Well, there is now. SDLT is payable both on the value of the property plus the VAT. It's a tax that's payable on the transaction. Um, any dealing with land that's above a certain threshold, you will pay SDLT. Um, on leases, it, if there's no premium payable for the lease, then if the rent's above a certain threshold again, and it, you, you, there is a very complicated formula for working it out, and most people will use the uh, SDLT calculator on the uh, HMRC website. You calculate what's called the net present value, and the duty payable on that. Excellent, thank you very much. Joe, how would I use the break clause in my lease to end my business premises lease early? Um, well, first of all, there needs to be a break clause in the lease, um, and there is not a break clause in every lease. So um, when you're entering into negotiations, you need to make sure that that's included. Yeah, yeah I've lost count of the number of clients I've had who said, oh, well, a break clause standard, isn't it? No. It's not standard, it needs to be there, but as the, if it is there, um, you need to read the terms of the break clause very carefully because break clauses will be construed against you and it's, are construed against tenants very strictly. The standard form of break clause usually provides that a tenant needs to give the landlord not less than six months notice in writing of their desire to exercise the break. Um, quite often the break date is stipulated, so you may only have one um, go at terminating the lease. Sometimes you get a rolling break, which means that after a certain day you can terminate, but generally you have a fixed break clause. You need to make sure that you give the requisite amount of notice and that you comply with any other conditions, such as making sure that all the rent has been paid up to the break date and making sure um, that you give up occupation of the property. Now some break clauses will say not only do you have to give up occupation but you need to give vacant possession of the property um, and that is construed far more strictly than just giving up occupation. That means that you vacate the property and take absolutely everything with you. Um, so yes, you just need to be very careful with break clauses, read them carefully, take advice and make sure that you comply with the conditions strictly. Um, and if you're serving notice in writing, make sure that you serve it in accordance with the notice provisions in the lease. Um, it's not just a case of, you know... No, there have been some real horror stories with break clauses. Um, there was one particularly horrible one where the break clause said that you've got to hide it up in accordance with the tenants' covenants, including redecoration. And the redecoration clause specified three coats of paint. The tenant only did two, and the break was denied by the court. So, and also, if it says you've got to serve it on blue paper, you've got to serve it on blue paper because otherwise, it, it you not you not complied. And the consequences of not complying with the break clause are truly horrendous yeah. in that you are stuck with the premises for the rest of the term unless you can get the landlord to agree to a sign or... An early surrender. Or an early surrender. But chances are they won't agree a surrender if they've denied you to exercise the break clause unless you pay a penalty for the benefit. So. Which I'm assuming is quite high. 
Yeah, it's up to the landlord. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a question of what you can negotiate in each case. I mean, I've got clients who, if, who will want something like a year's rent. And I've come across cases where more than that mm. for agreeing to a surrender because they, they may not let the property again for yeah. that period of time. The landlord has that risk, don't yeah. they? Because the landlord then has to um, find another tenant and potentially pay agents fees. They're and losing the, rent in the meantime. And, and also after certain after only three months now, they end up paying business rates, which are truly horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, last question then. How could I get out of the lease if I no longer wanted the business premises? Well, um, if there is a break clause, then provided um, it's usable, you can exercise the break clause, but that obviously um, depends upon the uh, date of the break you might have missed the break date or it may be in advance and you need to get out sooner so yeah, it's one you, option. you also need to make sure that the break clause isn't personal to a particular tenant that is that i've come across that before where uh, it's personal to the first tenant under the lease and the uh, that tenant is subsequently assigned and the break is lost the second tenant can't exercise the break so you really do need to be very careful and make sure you've read the lease properly. Mm. Um, the other thing you can do is uh, look to assign the lease to somebody else. You need to be able to check the lease to make sure that you can assign the lease to somebody else. Generally commercial leases allow you to, to assign, but as Andrew said earlier, generally it's an assignment of the whole, a transfer of the whole and not of part. Um, but also there are generally conditions to that so the landlord will have to grant consent um, and so the landlord may ask for references and evidence of financial standing of an incoming tenant and they may also ask you as the outgoing tenant to guarantee the incoming tenant um, so you can look to assign the lease if you can't do that potentially you can sublet if you can find somebody um, to sublet to but again chances are you'll need the landlord's consent and you remain primarily liable under the terms of the lease if for the rent so if you if you're if the subtenant stops paying you the rent under the sublease you are still liable to pay the landlord the rent under the the lease that you've mm. gone with regardless it. yeah um, or, um, if all else fails, you can seek to negotiate with the landlord and um, surrender the lease. But as we said earlier, um, it's not in the landlord's interest to grant a surrender of the lease. So they will undoubtedly want some kind of premium or consideration to let you out of the lease early and also their legal costs to be met. Um, and there's no guarantee that they'll, they'll allow that anyway. Excellent. Thank you both for taking part in today's commercial property podcast. As always, more videos are available on our website or you can call us today on 01708 78 4000.